Welcome to Marketing Strategies with Audrey Kirchner, sponsored by Incoma. Taking your small business to the next level with proven creative solutions designed to grow your awareness and connect to your customers. Now, here's Audrey. I'm Audrey Kirshner, co-founder and chief marketing strategist here at Incoma. And Incoma is a full-service marketing agency, and we bring that big agency feel and process to the small business owner. We provide services in marketing strategy, branding, website design, and hosting, content marketing, search engine optimization, social media, and digital advertising. To learn more about what we do, ask us a question, or schedule a marketing evaluation for your business, go to our website, Incoma.com. That is I-N-K-Y-M-A.com. So if you haven't listened to the show for a long time, or if this is your very first episode with us, welcome. Um, we record all of our episodes and they're available for to re-listen to over and over again on our podcast. And we are on Podbean, Spotify, Apple, Google, and Amazon Music. So today we are having a conversation with one of our uh, local banks. Um, I've got Brandon Eldridge with Vectra Bank with me. Uh, it's actually Vectra Bank Colorado. So welcome, Brandon. Yes, good morning. Thank you. Yeah, it is a good morning. Yes. Good traveling and all that good stuff. So tell me a little bit about what you do at Vectra Bank and what Vectra Bank specializes in. Yeah, so I'm the branch manager of the downtown location here in Colorado Springs. Um, I've been in banking now about 11 years. Um, Vectra Bank, I like to say we're kind of a business boutique bank. We specialize in small businesses and helping them with their cash flow needs and and really just having a holistic approach to to business banking. Excellent. Now, how many locations do you have throughout uh, Colorado? I think we're around 38 locations across the state, and we have two here in Colorado Springs. Awesome. So even though you're a boutique, you've got some weight behind you. You're not like just, you know, one, one space with a guy in the back type of thing. Yeah, absolutely. We have... Treasury management services. We have uh, lending products. We're, we're very robust and, and have a lot of sophisticated services that really cater to that to that space. And then, so for business owners, um, they can have their business accounts there, but can they uh, have their personal accounts with you as well? Keep Absolutely. It all in the family? Yeah, I mean we're full service, so we do anything from wealth management to you know consumer lending to just regular bank accounts for a, a consumer. So we are full service from top to bottom, um, right there with you. I love that. I yeah. love that. One bank. All of it, all in one place. You got it. Um, And I love that you're um, local and small because you and I have talked about this, dealing with those really big banks. And we won't tell you who they are. Mm -hmm. It's like (laughs) you need like to talk to a human being and you got to go through like a million hurdles to get that versus walking in and they know who you are. Sure. There's a lot of accessibility with us. Um, I, I try and be available for my clients. And I think that's one of the things that makes us different. And I, I really enjoy that. So Yeah, I like that too. So you said you've been in banking for 11 years. What got you into banking? I was in sports retail for about 10 years prior to banking. Uh, I loved what I did. And uh, as a Kansas City Chiefs fan in Colorado, I really enjoyed harassing Bronco fans, although uh, we were never really good. You know, it's actually a strange thing to have a winning team behind me. Uh, But anyways, it, it was one of those things. I just really enjoyed working with people. And I found that banking and retail are very similar uh, industries. Uh, we just sell different products and we just have different services. So 
I got recruited into banking almost 11 years ago by a good friend of mine. And uh, as, as somebody always has a passion for leadership and, and kind of being uh, somebody has to make decisions, I, I gravitated toward a branch manager role and have been doing that ever since. So you and I have had a bunch of different conversations, and one of the, what I really wanted to talk about with you today was corporate social responsibility. Out of mm-hmm. all the conversations we've had about how to market, how to help businesses, because we're in the same business of helping businesses. Sure. Um, but I really love the passion that you've shared about uh, corporate social responsibility. So from your perspective, tell me what that means to you. So my perspective is that... Corporate responsibility, I think from an individual standpoint, I have a responsibility to the community to be a good steward and to give back and to find ways to make sure that we're all kind of working in the same direction. So that may mean working with nonprofits, that may mean volunteering, that may mean giving my time in places that I'm not getting paid to do it. Uh, From a corporate standpoint though, it also means taking that further and saying, are we being good stewards of how we spend our energy and how we um, work with other businesses in the community? So there's there's a lot that goes into the, the corporate social responsibility, but for me personally, it's about finding those nonprofits that are making a difference, being involved with them, and promoting what they do. So as a bank, you'll, I oftentimes say that we don't have a product that you walk out of the bank with. You know, you walk in, you walk out, and you might have a stack of paperwork, but unlike the sports world, you don't walk out with a jersey or a hat. You're, you're walking out with a, a product that's kind of in the ether. And so we have a responsibility to make sure that we're giving back in, in ways that people can feel it in the community. Yeah, and, and I resonate with that so much because I do the same thing, right? No one walks out with like, you know, a marketing trophy, right. although they should have one. Actually, I'll, I'll create one. Um, I love trophies, by the way. Trophies are cool. Yes, trophies I'm a trophy guy. <laughs> But yeah, 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 you spend all that money, you spend all that time and you don't have anything tangible. And, you know, it's so I think that's really, really cool where, you know, you're giving back, you're giving something tangible back to the community. But um, so my question for you is, you know, you're the branch manager, you're leading, right? You're leading by example. Um, So at the branch level, how do you inspire the other folks that work there to have that same passion that you do about... um, Social responsibility. Corporate social responsibility. Um, It's constantly in my dialogue. And you'll find that when I sit with with my employees and our clients, it's something we constantly are talking about. It's part of our DNA. Um, We rarely have a conversation with somebody without mentioning a nonprofit that we're currently working with or finding a way to uh, even just just help a, a small business owner who's starting up to, to partner alongside with somebody like the SBDC, you know, they may not be what you would think from that quintessential nonprofit standpoint, but they're helping and they're finding ways to, to kind of forge new paths for those business owners. So it, we're, we're constantly thinking about how do we align differently with these, with these businesses. So with my staff, they know what organizations I'm involved with and I encourage them to be engaged. And, you know, we just brought on two new client service associates, what would be like the equivalent of a teller. And one of the very first conversations I had with them was, if you find a niche in the community that works for you, you got to let me know about it because I'm going to support you in it and we'll find ways that you can give back to that organization. So. And that's amazing because if you're having that conversation and they're thinking about it, then when you're sitting down with those small business owners like you do, you're having that and hopefully you're planting the seeds for them to have 
um, social responsibility too, even though they're just starting out. Well, let me get more specific and say that I am a believer that you can't be involved with a nonprofit if you don't have a passion for what they do. So I'll give you an example. I sit on the board for uh, kids on bikes. I'm their treasurer and I have five kids, you know, so finding ways to get my kids outside and be healthy and away from, you know, the Nintendo Switch and, you know, YouTube, those are passions of mine to make sure that I'm being a good steward of, of their time. And that transfers into my time in these nonprofits. So when I, when I go to a Kids on Bikes meeting or I volunteer with one of their events, it, there's a connection there that's deeper than just, oh, I want to give back, and so I, I picked this random organization. There's, there's got to be a deeper connection there, too. Yeah, it. that's that's really, really important. You're right, because it's it's got to be something that you believe in. When I was back in New Jersey, I worked with an organization that helped young men in their teen years who had a bad family life and they would bring them into this home and they would try to teach them good skills um, so that they could grow up to be good men. I've got a 19-year-old man, (laughs) son, child, man-child type of thing going on in my house and that's what I want for him. So I was very passionate about that, still am. And I I think you probably put in more time and resources and were more passionate about that while you were doing it because you had that connection. Absolutely, because I saw these young men and I could see that who they could become if they were just given the right guidance, right? Sure. Um, so yeah, totally. So tell me more about some of the other organizations that you personally work with. Mm-hmm. So Leadership Pikes Peak is one that I, I sit on a committee for. Uh, the reason I like Leadership Pikes Peak is they really do a great job introducing professionals to kind of the fourth sector, which is that that nonprofit world. So Leadership Pikes Peak, they, they really spread out their arms across the community and they, they teach people how can you be engaged, how can you be involved, and they show you the way. Uh, the other one I sit on, I'm the currently the president for the Southern Colorado Women's Chamber of Commerce Foundation. Say that three times fast. <laughs> um, so the the Women's Chamber, my mother actually used to be the president of, of their organization many years ago. And she got a PhD in adult health care. And so with her leadership and, and kind of her example, I found that to be an organization that I wanted to support once I started getting more involved. So I got on board with the foundation and we raise funds to do scholarships for non-traditional women. Currently working on a couple cool programs and hopefully we'll get to roll some of that out this year. So That sounds really cool. Yeah. So you're in leadership. You've got the kids, you've got the women's piece. You're involved at a high level with all of these organizations. Um, so let's say you have a business owner who is thinking, wow, this is really cool, but I can't do everything that Brandon does. Yeah. Give some advice on how to just get started slowly. Because I'm sure you didn't just you know wake up one day and say, oh, I'm going to be on the board of three of these organizations, get nope. a lot of time. You worked it into your life. No, I, when I first started <laughs> doing this, it, I was probably two months at the bank. And I started looking around going, how are we engaging? And I would see bulletins from some folks in Denver doing some stuff with, I think, uh, the, the Food Bank of the Rockies. Um, but so I, I just immediately started searching. And the first organization I partnered with was Karen Share. They made it exceptionally easy to just get a small group of people together. We showed up for a couple hours. We packaged some food, took a couple photos, and we all walked away feeling like we made a difference. 
And that was the start of going out into the community and finding opportunities. And it wasn't a huge time investment in the beginning because I simply was just looking for ways to come alongside what these organizations were already doing. So what I discovered, and we did this for a couple years with uh, Big Brothers Big Sisters, is we created a pumpkin carving event. And every year we'd bring in the kids and I would go find prizes for them. And we, we really created this event. And I found that when you create an event, that's where you're spending a lot of time and energy. Yeah. And so if you find organizations that already have the infrastructure that just need you to come and volunteer your time, that's a fantastic way to give back. It's a fantastic way to get started. And then you start to discover, do I like what the Mill Dog Rescue is doing? Do I want to be more engaged with that? Or do I really like what CASA is doing and would I rather spend my time there? And so then you start to get a feel for, okay, this is where I like my philanthropic money to go to. This is where I like my philanthropic time to go to. And then I can really start to cultivate more of that into to our culture of our business. You're listening to Marketing Strategies, and we're talking with Brandon Eldridge with Vectra Bank, and we're chatting about corporate social responsibility. That was really great information. You help out a little bit. You find out what works with you. Talk to me about the people side of this. Like, I'm sure like in when I volunteered and I've become part of things, I've made really great friends and not just personal friends, but good business connections too. It's almost like a different type of network marketing. You and I are both in a BNI, which is, you know, networking. Yeah. But, you know, there's, there's philanthropic networking as well. So... What what's your perspective on that side of it? Yeah, you have that givers gain mentality, right? But I think uh, the more you engage your people that work there, whether it's with your business or a corporate setting, the more people start to have those feel goods, and then you find new ways to retain good, talented people, because when they're feeling like they're part of something bigger than themselves, they're empowered, and they feel better about coming to work every day. And when you have those opportunities to truly make a difference, it, it makes a big impact on motivation. And I, I've heard some Gallup polls about, what is it, like two thirds of, of people working are actively disengaged. How do you turn somebody who's actively disengaged in the workplace into somebody who's excited and wants to come to work and say, yeah, you know what? I made, this is a byproduct of what I do and it's what pays me, but at least I get to do these other things that I'm really passionate about. And that's the people piece of that. That's where you really start to pull people in. I think I read another study saying that millennials overwhelmingly love to choose jobs because they feel like they're part of something bigger than themselves. This is a new generation of folks that think differently about business and the way we participate in community events. And I see it as a must have in any business, whether it's, uh, you know, just a garage where you've got a bunch of guys that come to work every day and, and change oil. Well, if you have opportunities for them to think bigger than themselves, that's an opportunity to retain talent. Absolutely. It, it, growth and talent. And by the way, we've talked about this. Millennials are not little kids anymore. <laughs> no. Millennials have families. They yes. have um, buying power. Um, and they are a big portion of our workforce now. When you think of the young kids and the kids in college, those are your Gen Zs. So mm-hmm. millennials have grown up. 
Um, I get a lot of people telling me that these days. Oh, those millennials. I'm like, no, <laughs> they're not. They're not the little kids anymore. Yeah, uh, John Liebert over at the BBB talks about this. How it's it's not your your dad's BBB anymore. And when they started developing the Colorado Institute for Social Impact, this fourth sector conversation became a big yeah. piece. It was a centerpiece of how how do we attract business? How do we attract talented people? How do we grow in a way that's responsible? And and again, makes you feel like you're part of something bigger. I, I can't say that enough because it's it's the essential piece of why we do this. Yeah. And I think if you attract people that want to grow, that want to do things bigger than themselves, they have more talent and they're just going to make your company better. So it's kind of like marketing from the inside out. Like if I come to the bank and I talk to this amazing teller, or this amazing person that helps me open my account, why wouldn't I want to come back versus having a horrible experience somewhere else, you know? We used a, a, a United Way event over at Mitchell High School, and we took a couple of our tellers and gave them a chance to go over and do some bilingual coaching. And we highlighted them at the bank, and it was really special. It was really nice to see them uh, recognized for doing something above and beyond because yeah. they didn't have to do that. They, they right. could have simply said, no, it's not, we don't, I don't feel like I have the time or I don't feel like I'm comfortable doing that, but they did it. And we were, we used that as an opportunity to recognize some of that extra um, enthusiasm that they put and, and that was purely volunteer. So the more our organization leverages that, the more my employees brag about our company, the more they attract clients, the more we are just very well-rounded as an organization. Yeah. And then, you know, banking is one of those services. It's a need, right? It's not like you go out and you're buying a new suit or a pair of shoes and you're like, oh, I really want that. No one walks in and goes, oh, I really want that bank account. Sure. So you do need to have that really personal connection. So when they're bragging about their job, oh, I work at Vectra Bank and I not only it's a wonderful place to work, but look at all these great other cool things. Not only are they attracting people, but they're like, hmm, maybe I want to bank there because this person who works there loves it so much. I have a good stat for you. Did you know that 100% of small businesses need a bank account? <laughs> they do. They do. They absolutely do. They need more than a bank account. Yet it's probably not on their high priority list or it's not what gets them up in the morning. You're absolutely right about that. I'm in the same way, man. Um, you know, no one, no business owner goes, I need marketing. No one gets excited as excited about it as I do. Let's That's put fair. It that way. That's fair. So I'm in the same boat. Yep. Yeah. I think I probably get more excited about banking than most people do. And that's okay. But that's good. And I bet your staff is the same way, right? They get more excited about banking than, than the customers do. Sure. But that excitement just rolls off into the atmosphere. They walk in, they go, oh, no, I'm really glad I'm here. That's what you want. <laughs> yes. Talk to me a little bit about, do your employees come to you with thoughts and ideas of how the bank can contribute and give back? Because I know you're you're kind of leading the charge and talking to them about it, but is it also coming back to you? Are they, are they just as enthusiastic as you are? Occasionally. And I think when we look at our organization from kind of a top down, we've got senior leadership that are part of organizations across the state. You know, our head of our consumer banking, she's on the board of directors for the Women's Chamber in Denver. Uh, one of my bosses, he's the uh, president-elect for the Colorado Bankers Association. My 
direct uh, boss, Sean, he's the president for the school board district 11 and various other community efforts. And so then you pass through me and come down towards uh, my relationship banker, Leah, she sits on the the board for the Colorado dance theater, uh, the Colorado Springs dance theater rather. And so it does bleed across the board. I think in different positions, there's various levels of excitement behind it. Uh, clearly, I get excited about it because it's yeah. a big passion for mine. But at the end of the day, I think we all just rally behind the the opportunities that are there. And whether it's a Pikes Peak United Way opportunity or uh, something where we're going to do a volunteer event at Karen Share, yes, people do get behind that. So, so do you ever publicize um, through social media or in the actual branches like what you're doing do you kind of like toot your own own horn a little bit yeah we've got a uh social media outlet that we we call it local faves and so once a month uh our, our linkedin posts will include a local restaurant or a local organization that somebody at the bank loves and supports uh so recently we just did one for mount carmel I sit on the veterans committee at the bank, and so I'm I'm the co-chair for Vector Veterans, and we find that Mount Carmel does a fantastic job with transitioning veterans and their families, and so we did a little blurb on our our uh, local faves for Mount Carmel. So we do have that outlet. We do try and advertise that to an extent, and we leveraged a lot of that through PPP as well. So when we were doing the payroll protection program, the the PPP loans. I really made sure that people knew that we were looking for nonprofits to make sure that they were getting that money as well. So we did many nonprofit uh, loans during that PPP process. Yeah, I, you know what, during the PPP process, everybody was so focused on small businesses that I don't think, aside from what you just said, a lot of people were thinking that non-for-profits could be struggling as well. Absolutely. You know, a non-for-profit doesn't mean that they're not making money or losing money. And so they run very much like a regular business. Uh, it's just, it, it, at the end of the day, it's just their tax structures, right? So yeah. nonprofits are very much impacted by the pandemic. And I was really proud of the work that our branch and our team did with, with PPP this year. Yeah, so. but you had, the, you had the mindset and the right site for it because you're deeply involved in that community. So they were probably the first ones that popped to mind for you as as opposed to the rest of us were thinking about small business. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I actually had some contacts. They didn't bank with us. But as I sent out communication about what it was, especially in April of, of 2020, when it was just starting to kind of form, I was sending email communications to them simply because I wanted them to know about it and go to their bank and make sure that they were asking, like, how do I get this money? Um, and that was an exciting time. Yeah. And I bet you a lot of them circled back around and came to you for that advice because you were the one that reached out to them first. We did. And not all banks were made the same, especially when it came to PPP. And we, as an institution, we were the top 10 bank in the country for, for doing those loans, um, something that the bank and myself are very proud about. So when some of the other banks either stopped doing them for various reasons or just simply weren't great at communication, they were able to use me as a resource. And I did several uh, workshops uh, with the women's chamber and uh, clearly my BNI group, we just did everything we could to spread the word and make sure people knew how to tap into that resource. So it's kind of like the the um, 
the places you gave back to, you also used them as an outlet for communication to make sure that you could give back to the nonprofit and the small business community. Because I remember I was on networking calls where people are like, I have no idea what to do. And we had this amazing CPA. He's like, I can help you. He goes, I've been helping a lot of people. And I kept tossing people over to him. It's like, you know, please help these people because it was a scary time. You know, I don't think we can all sit around and wait for a hundred year pandemic to to find (laughs) a, a unique opportunity like that. But what I did find is the work that we were doing in the community prior to COVID coming, it helped us tap into that during COVID. And so what whatever business model it is or whatever type of business it is, I think as long as you're positioning yourself today, I don't know what that 100-year pandemic looks like for you and your business in terms of opportunity. But when that opportunity does come along, you've positioned yourself, you've already built the infrastructure so that you can take advantage and say, you know what, we're uniquely positioned to help you with this, whatever our products and services may be. Absolutely. And I think you have to have that mental flexibility to look at what you have in place and to see how you can help and, and reach out that way. Um, so that's, that's such a great example. I think the, you know, I did a whole show on pivoting, right? Not just because of the fact that it was the pandemic, but because of the fact that you need to be ready to pivot no matter what. I mean, businesses change constantly, new opportunities come up, and you've got to use your resources. So I did a whole show on that. Yeah, pivot. I, I use that word a lot, and I think uh, <laughs> we all some folks are like, okay, no more, word, no more usage of the word pivot. But what I think you'll, you, you may have seen is a lot of businesses that were doing what they did really well they were able to find ways to to get through it. Yeah. And they had to get really creative at times, right? And some of that grant money helped, you know, reaching out and, and leveraging some of the PPP or the, uh, the SBA money that was out there. That was absolutely critical to, to certain success stories. But it was the businesses that did what they did really well. If you do what you do really well, you're going to shine in times of adversity and it'll help you get through that. And I I think the philanthropic and the social impact stuff, it's complementary to that. That's a great point. And I think social responsibility helps you develop that skill set. Absolutely. It gave me, rather, I will say it has given me so many more resources and ability to connect with Colorado Springs than I would have ever dreamed of prior to being involved in the way I have been. While I say it's a complimentary thing, it's been a catapulting effect as well. Absolutely. Well, and it all goes back to what we know, givers gain, right? When you give, you always get more back. I mean, it's a good thing. It's really, really good. I'm I'm inspired by what you and what you do at uh, Vectra Bank. So we're getting close to the end here, believe it or not. So any last thoughts that you want to share with folks about you know, corporate social responsibility or anything about building business, about leadership. I'm going to start with saying, if you're curious about the fourth sector and what that looks like for your business, go visit the Colorado Institute for Social Impact. They're doing a great job educating folks on what this looks like and how you can integrate that into your business. Do they, you have a URL or a website for them? I, I don't know it off the top of my head, but... But if they Google... Yes. It, they're, they're aligned with the BBB of Colorado Springs, okay. and they are doing some great work over there. Leadership Pikes Peak is another great resource. They have annual classes 
where they bring folks in and they teach about the community. As a small business advocate, I would also say make sure you you understand what the SBDC does, the Small Business Development Center in Colorado. They are doing work that I don't know that a lot of people can do. So, and then in terms of leadership, you got to take the step to do it. And I think if you make that call or if you check out the website and you start digging out there and you have what I like to say, the PPP, people, passion, process, then I think you're on the right track. And it doesn't have to be an organized event. It doesn't have to be something that you spend hours and hours doing. It could simply be, hey, I I heard about this organization and you can delegate that to one of your folks. And and that actually may be more impactful than, than doing it yourself. That's so true. Well, Brandon, thank you so much. This has been a great conversation. I know I'm inspired and it's nice to know that there are people out there that have passion for these types of things. Yep. Thank you so much. And so here at Incomo, we also like to give back to the business community. I provide a free 45-minute marketing consultation to any business owner. If you just have a question, you need some advice, you need someone to tell you you're going in the right direction, you don't have to hire us for your services to be able to utilize this 45 minutes. So go to the website, Incoma.com, I-N-K-Y-M-A.com, and click on the button that says schedule a marketing evaluation. Put in your time and we are on the calendar. So that is it for this week and I hope you have an amazing day. Thanks for listening to Marketing Strategies, sponsored by Incoma, online at inkyma.com. Listen to Marketing Strategies every Saturday at 7.30 on KPPF.